This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Please take my money to defeat my son in the election. Olympic oddities. Stop being meanie to Scott Pruitt. Girls playing baseball. And Rick's brush <laughs> with Bo Derek. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Oh boy, you get two Minutia Men for the price of one. Otherwise, it would be called Minutia Man. Right, and the price is zero. <laughs> so you get you get half of us for zero, and the other half for zero. It seems like a deal that you can't beat. Exactly, bulk bulk Minutia. Yes, well, we're back in the saddle. I just returned from a uh, a jaunt up to Michigan to go mm-hmm. skiing with my family. And this was a weird trip, Dave, because I, I went by myself. And I, Minute. well, I went no, with No my, kids and no kids and wife, right? Right. None of my kids. My wife didn't go. I went with my sister and my mother, and we visited my brother's family, and all the all of us skied together. And that was kind of oh. a fun dynamic. Oh, sure. I mean, when was the last time that it was just you and your immediate family doing anything? Now, Peter had his spouse and kids, right? Right. And, and you know, but, I actually got to know Peter's kids a little bit better. Uh, his He's got two teenage boys. And every time we get together, my teenage boys and his teenage boys go play together. And we never see them. You know what I mean? Right. Right, sure. So you had some good and bonding so, uncle yes, time. Yes, it was it was fun until the ride home. What happened? <laughs> you know what happened because I called well, you. But <laughs> I, on the way home, uh, my sister was driving uh, her Volkswagen Jetta. She had four brand new tires on the car, and we hit the mother of all potholes just as uh, we got into the uh, just past the. Indiana Illinois border coming back into Illinois we hit this pothole and boom tire exploded which one front back which front one? driver's side tire ugh, ugh, ugh. and we were on 94 and in the at that point the shoulder was tiny there was almost no room to pull over and we were in the middle lane trying to ugh. get over and we finally got over to the side but we were in such a tiny little stretch, and it was so dangerous that my sister, who was driving at the time, couldn't even open the driver's side door to check if it was a flat because the door opened onto the highway. Oh, my God. That's how really? short the shoulder was. So I had to hop out the driver's side, climb over the guardrail, and go around and look under the car to see that we had a flat tire. Well, you were like, you were like Catwoman. Well, I've always been kind of agile. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're like, yeah, you're like a cat. Okay, go on. So it was it exploded did like the rim break or whatever or the whole thing just blow the tire, up. The tire, the tire. It was just the tire. But okay. it was we were in a spot that it was impossible to change the tire because it was on the driver's side. Your butt yeah. would have had to be on the highway going the other way. Yeah, and it was right you. around a turn. So people were coming over the turn and seeing this car in the shoulder. The last second, I was scared to death. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we called um, uh, Cindy's insurance company has like a a towing service, and we called them. We called them up, yeah. and 
the, they sent a guy from uh, the northwest side of Chicago, and we were on the other side of Chicago. We were so it's like, like an hour and a half, probably. Yes, it, yeah, it took yeah. him over an hour to get to find us, but then he couldn't find us because he didn't know the area. So we were describing where we were on the highway, where the sign was, and everything. You know, we're we're by exit seventy one A and B on the highway. We're looking uh-huh. right at the sign at Sibley Boulevard. Meanwhile, as we were waiting, other cars all started coming onto the shoulder because this pothole was taking out cars left and right. At one point, there were thirteen cars. Holy lined crap, up really? on the uh, shoulder. Now, when you're all lined up on the shoulder like that, there's no room for a tow truck to get in there. You know, you can't get you can't pick out the like the guy that's the sixth car and get him out. of Yeah, there. right, 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 right. So, you know, it was it was mayhem. And so what finally happened is a cop came up and said, you know, you guys have to drive on your flat tires about 100 yards. And so all of us drove about 100 yards where the shoulder widened a little bit. And then there was room for trucks to get in. Unfortunately for us, our insurance company truck never showed up. After two hours, he called us up and said, uh, uh, I cancel, canceled the order. I can't find you. I canceled the order. Oh, <laughs> What? What? Well, what's your name? So it's Jenkins. Jenkins yeah. was your tow truck guy. But we found out he wasn't driving a tow truck. He was driving. A, he said, well, look for a green Oldsmobile. Like, well, what are you going to do with a green Oldsmobile? <laughs> a Dodge Dart. Well, we're going to uh, come and change your tire. Well, I could have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so they finally, what, you do a new order or what, what did you no, finally? No, so I got out of the car and uh, there was a, a guy from Geico who was helping one of the other people. And I went up, I said, I'll give you 20 bucks if you go change the tire for us. And he went and changed it. 20 bucks. 20? Not bad. Yeah. That's pretty good negotiating on your part. Thank you. Uh, was it the little lizard? Was it that guy, the British <laughs> lizard? Is that who changed your tire? No, it was a uh, Hispanic gentleman who had his entire family in his minivan and was going up and down the highway looking for <laughs> cars that had been hitting potholes. Okay, we call that an entrepreneur, right? That's, That's a exactly job creator right. right there. Good for him. Uh, well, it's lucky. Well, thankfully, you're fine. The family's fine, right? Yeah, uh, fine. And nobody else seems to have been hurt as well. But that could have been a, you know, a multi-color, multi-car pileup, right? Yeah. Hey, if been- you're driving on uh, 94 and coming into the city of Chicago, uh, you know, look out! Don't drive in that middle lane. This pothole was the size of my house. Yeah. Um, so, well, some cars had two tires taken out. That's bad news for you guys, but good news for the pothole store. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're hi- yeah. We're hiring. This, we're entering our busy season right now, and uh, we'll be hiring probably interns to uh, to to dig out pothole stuff. So yes, go to the potholestore.com. We're 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 firing up for the new year. Hey, are we selling the shitholer uh, stuff on the pothole store? No, but that's actually a good idea. You know, we've got uh-huh. the design. That we are shitholers. Just change it. We are potholers. Uh, got to move you know, with the times. Got to move with the times. <laughs> okay, okay, Lee Iacocca. <laughs> um, you know, um, while you were okay, so that's bad. I, well, you had you, you, 
I'm glad everybody's okay. You had a nice ski trip. We left Sorry at 10 in the morning. We were supposed to be home at 3. We ended up getting home at 7. Yeah. Well, you had bonding time with your family. That's true. That's true. Uh, so while you were on your, what, 74th vacation in 2018? <laughs> that's that, second. Uh, uh, so, and again, I'm going to kind of sound like kind of a jerk for this but you know it won't be the first time right so on friday night um i don't think i want to name the, oh, i'll name the high school lane tech okay uh, my daughter goes to lane tech your and alma we mater went, it was it's my alma mater and friday night we went to fiddler on the roof okay mm-hmm. um the, the high school kids played you know performed fiddler on the roof the lila wasn't did the match yeah, make you a match well hold on so lila wasn't even in it, but she wanted to go. And I'm like, you know what? This might be fun watching high school kids, you know, high school kids doing, you know, play fiddler on the roof. You know, I'm, I'm 43% Jewish. This will be good. Right. Sure. So we went, so we went and it was fine. You know, it was, it was okay. Was it um, at sunrise or sunset? <laughs> uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so, um, d- d- I, I'm, I'm creating here. Don't, don't sorry, interrupt I'm me. Sorry. All right. Um, now, I'm very, very happy that all my kids go to public schools. They're getting great educations. They're going to great schools. And they're, you know, they're, they're peers and their students, their student body are very diverse. Okay. I mean, all creeds and colors are there, um, which is fantastic. However, when you're doing a play that is centering around mid-19th century Orthodox Jews, uh, it could cause a bit of an issue, the diversity. Okay. Um, now, oh boy. do you, you, you see where I'm going here? <laughs> yeah, I do. And uh, I'm, I'm running for the hills right now. <laughs> okay. Now I'm not using the real kids names. All right. So we're not going to get sued, but I'm, but I approximated some of the kids oh names oh and, and the, and the characters that they played. And I also, some of these names I took from other high school productions of basically what I'm saying. There's no way we're going to get sued on this. All right. But just, uh, just for future reference, can I just say that, uh, that I want nothing to do with this part of the show. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Thank you. So I researched other high school productions of Fiddler on the Roof, um, and I got some of the better, the the funnier names for the character or for the people that played the characters, like Topol. You know who Topol is? Sure, of course. Yeah, you know he's the 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 the, the patriarch. Yeah, Mark Wakabayashi. Okay, he played Topol. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yenta. Uh-huh. Megan, o- Megan O'Hallahan. She was from a Catholic school production. I always think it's hilarious when Catholic schools do Fiddler on the Roof. Don't you? Uh, Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> Zeitzel. You know, Zeitzel, one of the daughters. Uh-huh. Yeah. Akila Al-Kasani played uh, uh-huh. Zeitzel at a production. Uh-huh. And the rabbi uh-huh. was played by Deepak Singh in a, okay. in a uh, high school. Uh, so there you go. Okay. Um, but you, you see where I'm going with this? Sometimes it's good. Yeah, I, I think we all saw I, where you were going with this. <laughs> so watching it, I couldn't stop laughing. All right. Uh, it's not quite as funny as when I saw my little kids doing Sound of Music. Yeah. And you had and you had like a seven-year-old kid playing a Nazi. That's funny. <laughs> you know, I went to a, uh, a grade school production one time. Uh, and it was like, I think it was The King and I. Right. The King and I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, there are a lot of Asian kids in our school. We have a lot of Asian kids living in this area. Sure. And the king was one of the non-Asian kids. 
And the Asian Come kids, on! It's like, Tyke, what are you doing? And yeah. the Asian kids were playing like uh, the other roles. Like, hey, it's just an obvious one. <laughs> right. I'm no casting director, but come on. <laughs> Do you remember uh, the Hawaii Five O? The you know the one that was in the 60s and 70s. Sure, of course. When they when they had Chin Ho as Cam Fong. Yeah. Yeah. No, Cam come Fong. On. Oh, as Chin as Ho. Chin Ho. Yeah. God, why'd you even bother changing the name? Just go with so. Cam Fong. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there you go. And sorry if I offended all the Catholic school productions of Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> okay. Do we have any actual minutiae to share? Sure. You want to you fire up a jingle or something? Okay. Hang on a second. This week's minutiae with Rick and Dave. All right. All right. This story comes from um, our neighbors to the north, Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin, don't you? I do, love too. Um, My people. Just months after Republican Kevin Nicholson announced his bid to unseat incumbent Democratic Senator Tammy Baldwin in 2018, Nicholson's parents made a $2,700 campaign contribution, which is, by the way, the maximum amount allowed during a primary. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? Um, however, there's one little detail. Uh, it was not to their son's campaign, but to Tammy Baldwin, the Democratic candidate. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Dad, appreciate it. Uh, Nicholas Nicholson gave the following statement to CNN. My parents have a different worldview than I do, and it's not surprising that they would support a candidate like Tammy Baldwin, who shares their perspective. All right, a little passive aggressivity there. Don't you think? I love it. I'll tell you why I love it. Because if any of my sons ran for any office of any kind, yeah. I would give money to the other the other candidate oh. too. Because these oh, boys I, should not be running for office. Oh, I know. My daughter Lila, way too moody. You're not going to make a good senator, and you're Nobody on your phone all knows. the time. Nobody knows you better than your parents. Yeah, so I know, and you know, you know that they're just like donating because of the things that he did in high school, right? You know, this is for you telling me my meatloaf is disgusting. You know, that's a hundred bucks. Uh, yeah. So I guarantee you, if I ran for office when I was that age, my mother would have supported the other candidate, hundred percent. Two thumbs up to Donna and Michael Nicholson from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. So there, you go. I'm so with them. Way to go. I am too. To I am too. So what do you got? Well, have you been watching the Olympics at all? <laughs> so, Not as much as I want to, but because the time is kind of off, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, but I have I, seen it, sure. I just spent the whole weekend with my family, you know, at, at, on a ski vacation. So every moment that we weren't skiing, the, the Olympics were on. And so I've been watching it a lot more than I normally would have watched it. And there are a couple of stories in the Olympics that have been bothering me. Yeah. And and the one that really bothered me the most is this uh, this thirty three year old American from Harvard who is uh, skiing for Hungary as an Olympic freestyler. You hear about this? Oh, is this the lady that just kind of just went up and down the ramp? That that lady? Yeah. Is that who? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is I, such an American story, if you ask me. She is she has become an Olympian by just showing up at uh, enough events to qualify, and she would only uh, register in in uh, events that there were less, less than, than thirty. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, I I think this is wonderful. You do. Well, 
Well, I think it's, I, I know, I mean, it's, 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 she's like scam. She's like, she's doing shtick, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess she is doing shtick, but I, I don't know. Not exactly in the Olympic spirit. <laughs> no, not you at all. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, that one was bothering me. Um, then there was this curling story. And this one uh, is the opposite of bothering me. This is my favorite story. All right. I'll read it right out of the uh, article here. One doesn't normally associate pressure with curling. Osher, placement, guarding, and furious sweeping are crucial to team success. But the husband of Canadian women's team skipper, Rachel Homan, was experiencing plenty of anguish during the 2018 Winter Olympic Games in, uh, let's just say, South Korea. What better way to calm your nerves than to have a beer or two or three or four, even if it's 9 a.m. As Holman tried to lift Canada back into the medal competition against Japan, the women's team was in sixth place. Her husband was hoisting beers and heading back to the concession stand for refills. <laughs> Honey, I'm stressed. I need another one. <laughs> I watched some curling. You got to have a few beers if you're going to enjoy a curling. You know, and also that's what's like always on on TV, too. It's like you flip it on and curling is I bet they've spent more time on curling than they've had on other on other events or at least when I turn on. It it's like always it. curling. It seems like uh, curling. Um, all right. So what wh- where can we be in the Olympic? I mean, what events can we I mean, the 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 this woman has already taken the up and down. What is it? The half pipe? Is that what it was called or yeah. whatever? Yeah, yeah. But how can we make the Olympics? What are the things that we can do? Um, uh, I can ski. Yeah, see, I and and curling certainly was one that I think that we'd have a shot at. Um, archery, do you think we could do? Or I'm trying to think of things that are not athletic in typical. <laughs> you know, so archery we can't do. I mean, no, have you ever? Shown, no. So the only one that I could think of is being the the coxswain for the rowing team. What's that? Right? What's that? That's the guy who goes. You know. Pull, pull! It's the guy with the megaphone in the oh. front of the of the rowing thing, okay. right? Okay. And you just you know you just say you know I don't know what they say, but they say something like row, 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 right? Isn't that what they say? Um, I'm going to have to lose some weight because yeah. I don't think that because yeah. I'll tip the boat right now, you know, being the, being at the front. But I think coxswain is probably the only thing that I could possibly hey nice coxswain. get in the. Uh, hey, so uh, I, I, got a, I got a story. Uh, quick, yeah. very quick. Uh, we were yeah. watching the ice dancing last night or the night before, uh-huh. and one of the one of the Americans is named Evan Bates. I think it, that he's skating with a. I forget what the what his partner's name is, but we were watching it as a family, and I uh, I said to my mom, I said, so uh, if he's married. Or if he's an adult now, he, he he would be known as Mr. Bates, right? She said, yes. Uh, what if he had a son? What would he be known as? Um, I have Master. Mm-hmm. <coughs> what, no, so, what, so what would his name be, the whole name? How would you say that? Master <laughs> Bates? <laughs> Kill the room. Because <laughs> my mother You're... is like, what? What's everybody laughing at? Say it again. Master Bates? Master Bates? 
<laughs> so she's getting now that she I know that she's going to listen to the podcast. You're not getting any campaign contributions from her now. Is that what you're like saying? You said, she would she would not vote for me and she would be correct. <laughs> um, hey, we got a winner. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, this is our retweet and follow contest. All you got to do is go on our Twitter uh, thread at Minutia Men um, and just have to retweet and follow us. And you have a chance to win a $25 prize pack. I, well, saw, I saw that somebody, uh, one of our previous winners, sent us a thank you tweet. I, I know. Uh, well, maybe Alan Graven from Orlando, Florida will send us a tweet once he receives his prize pack. Uh, and what he'll be getting is he'll be getting two Amish Chicago coffee mugs, a balding handbook, and two crying cub t-shirts. I felt generous. Generous. Wow. Because a uh, pitchers and catchers report, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna get a couple of. So that's going out to Alan Graven from Orlando, Florida. And I was thinking, you know, when he sent us, his, what would be the worst place to possibly live if you had kids? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Oh my god! How, how many times would you have to hear that damn song? Yeah. You know, the it's a small world song. So congratulations, Alan, and please. Subscribe to us, um, review us on um, iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play and iHeartRadio or go to the Radio Misfits, um, dot com website and check out all the other great shows that we have for your listening pleasure. Listen, comment, rate, and subscribe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you get I'm it sorry. though, Master Bates. Get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, which is which is weird because we're going to actually have your mom on in about five <laughs> minutes as a guest. We'll talk to you about. It. Uh, can we talk about your new podcast coming up, or are we going? No, uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Still in All progress. Right. Okay. Um, here's a story. Uh, we don't like to get political, but you know why not? You know what's hilarious is every time I re-listen to one of our shows. We always say, hey, we don't like to get political, and then we get political. Well, we don't get political. We just throw a few jabs out there. You know, if you can't joke, like if you can't make a joke about a president and a porn star, why even live? (laughs) Right. The terrorists have won. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, Well, EPA head. You know who the EPA head is, right? Pruitt. Scott Pruitt. You know him, right? Um, Well, did you hear this? Is that he needs to fly first class now. Because people have been me- being mean to him. I love that. Coach, did you did you hear this? <laughs> I did hear this. <laughs> cut it out. Yeah, cut, yeah, it, so, cut it out. Yeah, yeah, so let's. So sorry, I can't sit with you. I got to sit in first class. So we've already discussed first class and how wonderful first class is. Uh, his um, and I love his his um, statement. Uh, we live in a very toxic environment politically. Yeah. yeah and, it is you being in the helm, literally, too, um, uh, you know, particularly around issues of the environment. And he said, we've reached the point where there's not much civility in the marketplace and it's created, you know, it's created some issues. So I got to go to first class. Winthorpe, please give me a Pinot Grigio and close <laughs> the curtains. Right, right. To so those those Democrats in the back there. Uh, oh, and it's um, I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, $25,000 they paid for a privacy booth to prevent eavesdropping on his phone calls in his office. Now, remember Get Smart? Uh, the cone of silence. <laughs> That's exactly it. They bought a cone of silence for Scott Pruitt. You know, I just saw a, uh, you know, the Jerry Seinfeld uh, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. 
Have yeah, you, have I've you seen, seen it? It? Yeah, it, it, it? It's really awesome. But one of the episodes is uh, he goes over to um, Carl Reiner's house and Mel Brooks is there. And yeah. apparently every night these two men have dinner together because they're both widowers right. and they live near nearby each other and they're best friends and they sit there and they watch Jeopardy together. Oh, that on TV trays. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. On TV trays, they have dinner like from a deli and they'll have like, uh, you know, some sort of Jewish uh, uh, deli meal uh, yeah. and they'll and, watch uh, Jeopardy and they'll make jokes about each other. And one of the jokes <coughs> he was talking about uh, Get Smart with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Carl Reiner. And and he said, you know, I just had Buck Henry over the other day and <laughs> we couldn't remember. Did I come up with Cone of Silence or did he come up with Cone of Silence? <laughs> <laughs> I love the code of silence. He said, uh, I came up with code of silence. You came up with the shoe phone. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to be, what are they, 90 now? They yeah. got to be. Yeah. And still, and still be buddies because we're not going to be when we're 90s. Uh, actually, do you want to still do the podcast when we're 90? Uh, what do you think? I think? I think if we ever stop doing the podcast, we should bring it back when we're in our 90s. Well, kind of like a reunion tour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, well, there you go. That's great. I'm uh, I'm, I'm happy for Scott Pruitt, and I, uh, I'm i sad that people are a little mean to you, little oh. buddy. <laughs> all right. It's time for our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. Today is actually a big day in Cubs history, believe it or not. On this day what? in 1943, Cubs owner Philip K. Wrigley held a press conference at Wrigley Field to announce a brand new venture, the All-American Girls Baseball League. Do you remember uh, the movie? Uh, yeah, it's a league of its own in Rockford, wasn't yes. it? Like the Rockford Peaches or whatever, right? Yes, but it was it was uh, the brainchild of P.K. Wrigley, the owner of the Cubs, and and the first news conference was held at Wrigley Field. Uh, Wrigley had hoped to convince other major league owners to offer women's teams to play in their ballparks on off days, but nobody else would do it. So the initial tryouts were held at Wrigley Field, and the league remained kind of a Midwestern affair. Four teams played the first season, Rockford, South Bend, Racine, and Kenosha. But here's the thing I didn't know. The league lasted until 1954. So 11 years. So what? That's 11 years it was around? Yeah. Huh. In 1948, at the peak of the league, nearly a million fans came out to the ballpark to watch women's baseball. And by the end of their 11-year run, the league had expanded to include teams in Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Grand Rapids, Fort Wayne, Springfield, Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, Muskegon, Peoria, and even Chicago. Oh. Well, you know, why not start it again? Well, they've got the softball, right? They've got the professional softball league, right? That's true. But here's one other little tidbit. They actually played the very first night game at Wrigley Field. Oh, before. In 1943, temporary lights were installed. And the girls played the first night game in Wrigley Field history. A fact that is I'll never, st- ever discussed. So the eight eight eighty eight is a sham. It is. Wow. Okay, that is interesting. That's minutia, my friends. Yeah. What what kind of T shirt can we make to give away as our? Uh, we'll have to figure out a a league of their own. T now, then we'll get sued. And right now, we're it. concentrating okay. on potholes. 
Yes, exactly. Um, uh, all right, I've got the Costco. Come on. Oh, oh. I've got the oh, last one. Here we go. A yep. random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. This is the part of the show where Dave already mentioned the Costco jar. He has a Costco jar filled with names of celebrities, of people that I've met over my 20-plus year radio career. And he just reaches his hand in, pulls a name out, and I have to tell the story of having met that person. Uh, and uh, interestingly, I reached my hand into other places when thinking about this woman, Bo Derek. Yes. As Derek. That, she, she spent a lot of time in my head in the late seventies <laughs> and the early eighties or whenever it was. Yeah. Mine too. I must admit. Mm-hmm. And I met her, I want to say about 10, 12 years ago. So, so she was you know in her 50s in her early 50s mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still looked unbelievably great and just mm-hmm. spectacular um but as you know she was there for a radio interview with uh, john landecker and and john whenever we had these uh, uh celebrity women on the show he would flirt with them and 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 usually you know 99 out of 100 of them would flirt back bo derrick did not Oh really? Oh really? Gave him, gave uh, gave him the old cold shoulder, huh? It, it ice cold shoulder. There was no there was no chemistry of any kind, and it was not it was not a I'm going to say it was not a great interview because uh, yeah. he was really trying and she was just not not playing. Um, and after the interview was over, uh, she was sitting in my office, uh, and I walked back in there, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, can I help you?" She goes, "Yeah, I I, I prefer not to." go downstairs uh, by myself and wait for my car alone i said oh okay uh, well, you know. <laughs> so like, oh you want me to go down there with yeah. rick bo Derek just asked you uh, to ask you to marry him or her basically and you're like oh me I, I really i didn't i didn't know what she was talking about i like okay uh oh oh okay i'll walk down there with you and i went down i took took her down the elevator and and we went to the uh area where the cars picked her up and i i sat there with her for you know a few minutes and tried to make awkward conversation again you know the warmth wasn't exactly there (laughs) so she gave you the cold shoulder too well i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't flirting with her at all i was just trying to make small talk i mean right sure i'm me you know i'm rick i'm not gonna i'm not gonna (laughs) hit on paul Derek. (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah you wouldn't have had a chance i'm just gonna tell you i, that I, right I didn't even know i uh, felt like yeah having a conversation with her was uh, beyond my abilities uh well and so what you talked do you remember what you tried talking to her about i like have no weather? idea i can't remember at all all i remember is i was really struggling because you know she she didn't have any common interests at all with John, you know, he tried, I forget what he tried to talk to her about. And I had prepared the interview for John. You know, I, I spent hours, you know, researching right. <laughs> all of her films thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and if, did she do any films with Stormy Davis? <laughs> by any chance? Stormy Daniels. Or whatever. Okay. So, no, but I, you know, I, I tried to find every little tidbit I could, even the, the littlest piece of trivia. And John used all of that in the interview. So yeah. I had nothing. I was just sitting there. Hey, uh, so, uh, 
<laughs> so you're broke, Derek. Who'd you hire? Who'd you hire for the car? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, did you? Uh, you didn't. Did you didn't mention any of the times you thought about her when you were sixteen or seventeen? You didn't I, mention I that. I thought all. about it saying something. <laughs> I thought about saying, you know, what a big fan I was. Uh, <laughs> but I, I knew that she'd instantly go, ew. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. Can you imagine Bo Derek every time you meet somebody at like you know your forties or fifties? Oh, I loved you. You know what she was. She, she knows what you were doing. I know. Probably. I know. It's it's a it's a weird thing, you know. Having never been a beautiful person, you know, <laughs> yeah. I really don't. I'm sure there are certainly there are advantages to being a beautiful person. <laughs> right, we all know right. what those advantages are, but there are also disadvantages, and one of them, especially if you're a woman, is dealing with every guy that you meet thinking impure thoughts <laughs> yeah exactly i'm just so glad i don't have to deal with that pressure you know what i mean <laughs> me too me too especially now that we're both fat pieces of shit uh, to find out more yeah. about uh, your favorite fat pieces of shit rick and dave check out uh chicago author solutions.com and if you'd like to reach us you can drop us a line at minutiamanpodcast at gmail.com Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with Opi Productions. We are distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is for you telling me my meatloaf is disgusting. <laughs>